Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am co-host John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, and it's a field trip day. We are in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and by we, I mean co-host, podcast co-host Chris Martin and I are here live in Harrisburg at Novinger's office, Novinger's shop, I'm sorry. So Chris, welcome. John, thanks for having me. You bet. (laughs) I know you put this all together, so this is fantastic. This has been a great road trip. We've been on a couple this summer. We've been on a couple last summer. We're going to be on more this summer. It's just been crazy. So you get to hear the antics of John and I on the Building PA podcast. And everyone, my name is Chris Martin, and I am with Atlas Marketing. And really, really excited to be here because we're talking about some stuff that I'm learning so much about, John. Like, this is pretty cool. Like, the history and the whole idea behind this. But now we're talking to the guy that apparently really is the one that knows it all and is... Yeah. The one that's going to push this over. Yeah. They said he's the cleanup hitter. He's the clean. Yes. Any fact that was not delivered yet today, as we walked the shop and we met at the offices and we talked about 50 years of panel construction and an exterior panel. This is the guy. This is this it. This is it. No pressure. Drum roll, please. Here we go, folks. Without further ado, <laughs> Steve Powers, Vice President of Sales Novengers. What? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely being sent. <laughs> is it that obvious? It, Come on. <laughs> uh, Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Bet. Well, so, so, who is Steve? You want to introduce yourself? We've been here about 40 years. Mm-hmm. Started loading trucks and then come in estimating. I've done a little stint as a VP of sales, back to VP of construction, now back to VP of sales. So, a little bit of everything. Okay. A little bit of everything. So, you're definitely a cleanup hitter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and do it all. Go back out in the shop, go to work tomorrow if we need to. So that's, we're good. We're that's good. good. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this: Over the time that you have been here at Novinger, what have you seen as the progression of prefabrication? Probably somewhat of a quirk of construction to a necessity to keep things moving. Some of the first prefabricated projects were. Office buildings, two-story kind of exterior ones in, in when a big office boom happened in the 80s. And I think it was something it was something that they looked after a little, well, let's do this and let's put it on the building. And it worked. To now it's becoming a financial driven necessity just to get the job done quicker. They may actually pay a little more for it for the product itself. If they're good business people and look at the overall shortening of the schedule we always try to tell the owners you'll have people leasing out spaces sooner so if you do a complete study of it financially it gets you inside fitting out quicker especially in pennsylvania with the cold winter months to work inside it just pushes the project so much farther ahead as far as schedule that's the biggest thing i've seen it's gone from something it was just kind of like of a interesting idea how to do something to almost prefabrication. They're doing bathroom pods, they're doing mechanical Mm -hmm. units, they're doing all kinds of stuff now. It's the way the market's going as far as getting, backers are driving the bus, want it done quicker. Owners want to get their loan paid off quicker. That's what's driving the bus is the the financial aspect of getting the the prefab done. So today has been an awesome day, amazing day. We're going to 
show some pictures and videos on the email and on the website and all that good stuff. But as we walk the shop, we see healthcare projects, we see office project, DOT project. As the as the VP of sales, are you calling up DOTs? Are you meet with all these healthcare projects or? No, you get as the name goes out there, and the, and the panel, the prefabrication market comes on board. We're trying to get people to call us early in the process, and we call it a design assist process. Jim may have mentioned that, but before an owner spends his money and has an architect draw the building a way that can't be penalized, and then turns around and says, well, "We want to penalize the building." then I have to spend more money to redraw the project. So we're getting called in earlier from healthcare universities and even some mature manufacturers who, who the architect's talking about wanting their, their product on a building. They'll say, well, contact Navigators about prefabrication before you draw your drawings. Mm-hmm. There's a design assist process that for years, they got for free. We're charging for that now because it is an inordinate amount of time in meetings to get all this worked on the outside of a building as far as air vapor barriers, NFPA 285, fire code ratings, all this stuff that comes into play that they want on the outside of the building, coordinate with window guys, electricians, roofers, just all kinds of, of need to be done ahead of time. So you'll, you'll find the whole market has gone towards prefabricated exterior and one of the things is that some of the other trades aren't catching up with it yet. You're not going to prefabricate a roof. So they'll say, we'll just worry about when you get there. No, we need to have this pocket design for this parapet now. So the roofers are like, they're getting into it. They're buying into it because something has to be there. We're making here in the shop and put in the building that they have to work to. So the whole, the whole process is coming around, but we're trying to get more to the owners and, and even the design concept people before they draw the building. Hmm. Yeah. So it's an early stage concept. It's interesting. And to what you just said too, with like the, getting the roofers on board and, and other elements of the project, I would think that that would actually be beneficial to them because that means that they're, if they're part of the team, they are automatically, I mean, they got the job, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. so there's an advantage there. Yeah. And, and, and once you have that buy-in, you now can start to really push this project forward. Yes, yes. And decisions have to be made so much farther in advance to what they're used to making them, that freaks a lot of people out. Yeah. Your brick selection for a thin brick, you need to make it a year in advance because that's the lead time on the products. Metal studs, sheeting, air vapor barriers, pretty readily available. ACM can be long lead time. There's some products that are long lead time and, and they like to, some of the architects like to sit there and wait and wait and wait and it just, you have to push it and you work backwards in the whole schedule. When, when do you need your first panel on site? I mean, do we need to have stockpile before we start hanging panels? How far back do we need to start production? How far back do we need to do shop drawings before yeah. you start production? So it can be six to eight months before you need panels on a job site. You need to start doing shop drawings. Yeah. And that's one of the hardest things with people. Everything's pushed so fast nowadays, but we need this information cast in stone to start making your extra finished right. panels. Right. Uh, to that point, I remember hearing, I was at a, a subconference somewhere and an HVAC guy was saying how he needed 90 months lead time on a specific specific size unit or whatever it was, and very same yeah. similar process. So how has that? How does that impact a project that you get that comes across your desk today 
with a very, very quick launch for a product project. I mean, you mean as far as what, how we push them to get the information done? Yeah, like, like how do you steer that project to ultimately get to the point of, well, wait a second, here's what we need. To, how do you help people understand the process, I guess, is my question. No. When you have a room full, and again, I'm not sure who's listening to the podcast, but you have a room full of architects, owners, general mm -hmm. contractors. You have a contract with the general contractor. She be careful what you talk about money because the owner's there and it's got to yeah. run it through. So yeah. you got to be careful what you That's say. Fair. That's fair. But when you go to push it, it's always about schedule. Mm -hmm. When do you need this job? So we need. And so just everybody's listening. We need these decisions made by this date. Yeah. Okay. And as soon as that date starts get pushed, then it turns around. It's like, well, then you need to push your whole project. And they're like, well, how can we make up the schedule? But overtime doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You guys are only going to work so long, and they're not going to work so many weekends. You can't make enough overtime up to make up for a lost schedule when it's so far behind. Right. So you just need to keep pushing the realistic part of this thing and put it in writing that you're now pushing your project down the road because yeah. I can't have these decisions. And the best person to have in a meeting is the owner's. Because they'll say, somebody make a decision. Oh, they'll make a decision. I want to do this. That's If, if the owners aren't in the meeting, it's tough sometimes. You have to be careful what I say here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need that decision maker. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who's going to think about it, get back to you, do whatever, like, no, we need a decision now. And then there's cost ramifications. We put that on the table for whatever their decisions they need to make. And usually the owners are the ones that are paying everybody at that meeting, paying yeah. the general contractor, the they're, they're the one paying everybody. They can make a decision. They can tell the architect what they want, right. what they want to do, how to right. move forward, what to do, as long as it's within codes, which always comes into play as far as the fire codes or fire ratings. But, yeah. So it, it, you have, it's a different power play in a meeting, but you're still trying to push the project. Yeah. That's the whole mm -hmm. point. You gotta yeah. push the decision-making or, or the advantageous part of penalizing the exterior of a building is it going to come into play? Right, hmm. right. That's your and, and to add to that too, like I see it in our business too, in, in the advertising world. Like people, well, we want to have our campaign started in in six months. Okay, well, we there's there, it's very simple yeah. to do that. We have to have these things in place, and we can't go out and spend the money to tell people how great this product is unless you help yeah. us here. And so it's very, very similar in that regard. And. And, and didn't want to put you in a spot, tight spot there when you're, as your response. So I think you handled it really well for yeah. what it's worth. <laughs> well, yeah, and you have to analyze who's in the meeting, who's going to make the calls. A lot of times you won't have the lead architect in it. You'll have his assistant in the meeting on the phone and they'll have to get with one of the principals and get back to us. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's do that. Yeah. And then, so... Yeah. You have to be careful, but you, in order to have the correct information to prefabricate an exterior finished wall panel, finishes on it, maybe window frames in it. Right. And there's a lot of stuff going on there. You have to have answers. And that's usually the pitfall. Yeah. You can't get decision makers to move forward. Yeah. Hmm. And especially being potentially even a year out, that kind of plays with your mind. But on you know, these guys, you talk about material lead times, that's even worse now. They want to see different mock-ups of different colors yeah. i'm like you're way past that yeah, yeah. way past that way past yeah it's kind of tough then so we have 40 years and i'm looking at this pretty yeah. cool brochure here the novinger mega wall panels brochure yep yeah. and then on the last page there's 
projects dating back to 1976 and it looks like up to 2020 bunch of projects all over the country here any that stick out in your mind is like some some of the more challenging projects or the most notable or the most rewarding or something you drive by and you tell your family about anything that you're really excited about any challenging i think by the time the jobs are done none of them are fun anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of well no he, a couple yeah. of ones even like the uh, well dan was involved with the penn state hampton that's a good looking job that's it is. a good looking job yeah. that was a process the architectural firm out of was out of chicago canon and they were this was right pre-covid yeah and they had you know 11 job treaders stuck to go over there two walls had a huge room you could get 30 people and all kinds of whiteboards and he was good at we would draw up a detail in three different colors. He would initial and date it, take a picture of it, send it to Chicago and say, make us a confirming RFI. Things moved. So that project was probably one of the more, I would say rewarding, just in the fact that the process you were involved in really had some weight to it, to their decision-making process. Yeah. And then when COVID hit, then electronic meetings started and then they kind of lost their oomph to get up and draw pictures on a whiteboard and do those kind of things. It's sure. a different market now, but. Penn State Hampton was the most one that comes to mind we did over there. So the ones I can't remember anymore, but. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember one of the first ones you worked in? Well, I was actually, when I started working yeah. here, I was actually working in our panel shop, which is up on Front Street. Okay. As an apprenticeship carpenter. And I was working in the panel shop, helping load trucks and just doing that kind of stuff. So I go back to some of the older manpower I worked with that, that are gone now, but that makes it kind of interesting to where, where I came from to where I'm at now, but. Definitely. Yeah. Could be more hands-on than most. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was nice when we were walking around the shop earlier. You were talking about things. I mean, you can actually hear and see your passion for what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And it was really nice to see because, and, and I know this is audio, so we're, we're, it's kind of hard for, for to explain it, but just the way that you were explaining things and talking about the process of how how the each panel is made and where it's ultimately going. I mean, there is a complete understanding and knowledge of what the project yeah. needs and where it's ultimately going, which honestly, I don't see too often in construction. Yeah. And so here's my question for you after that long winded, <laughs> long winded rant. Sorry, we're getting somewhere. We're getting there. Somewhere. Yeah, eventually we'll get there. It's like a river. It just meanders. And now he just lost the question. Thanks, man. Thanks. Oh, I got it back. Okay. So do you think that that is a part of working in prefabrication or the industry as a whole, like that intimate knowledge of, okay, this piece is going to go to. Yeah. Yeah. I know where you're heading. But, you know, well, <clears throat> and I went to WVU and then I bounced around a few places. And then when I started in construction, it wasn't so much the construction, but the blueprint reading. When I came in, there was guys taking blueprint reading classes. I'm like, why? It's all right here. <laughs> but I've often said to these guys, like, I still have some brain power left. And then uh, that if you actually gave me a box of popsicle sticks and some glue, I probably could build you every building I've ever looked at. Yeah. I mean, it's that, the plants come off the table, they rotate in 3D, I can do, I can see this whole modeling myself. And when you get to those jobs, every part that we have put together that goes against the next one, I could draw you that building where we gotta lay on the floor out there. Yeah. So, and I can walk through there now and I saw a couple of things that need to be changed out there and I, brought up to their attention as we were walking around. This, this isn't right. That needs to be fixed. Pay attention to this. And most of the guys will listen to me because usually I'm right. But yeah. um, <laughs> I only go out when I make sure I have something that's right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but, so you're the nightmare for the yeah, guys out in the walk shop. Out, walk out there like, oh, God, here you go. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's a lot. It's fairly repetitive. But 
that's part of the thing with the guys out here. It's like if you do anything over and over, like you see what how many bricks they got to stick on there. Yep. You just got to pay attention to the details of everything we do because we won't sacrifice quality for quantity because right. you're gonna it's a sure outcome there. But what you see coming out of the shop it is is correct and right will fit on a building and it's done the way the architect wanted to do to start with. So yeah. we don't do it here. It's not gonna look right there. So right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But somehow an innate ability with blueprints, I finally found my niche in the world as I was out doing whatever I was supposed to be doing. So <laughs> blueprint reading is good. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty impressive out there. We saw the solar panels. Exciting. That's something new. The new yeah. wave of our Canadians. Panels, I guess. Our Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting process, too. I mean, there's a lot of retrofits going now with energy codes. New York City's trying to get all these owners to redo their buildings, roofs, and outside because mm -hmm. the energy lost a lot of them. So they're actually looking at these panels as far as building insulated exterior panels with the solar outside so they can hook the outside of the building up to the grid hmm. and still be better insulated on that. So it's a very infancy stage of being developed, but yeah. you got to see it out yeah. there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so a little of an investment tip as yeah. well, possibly. <laughs> hey, coming yeah. to you. Yeah. More things coming to you from the Building Pay podcast. The next segment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that actually was really cool because, and again, we're gonna, we'll put some photos on the website. You can check it out. But what impressed me the most is the width and thickness of those panels. It couldn't have yeah. been more than, what, yeah, like half a, inch maybe, yeah, max? Well, they could, yeah, but that was even just the back of the panel itself was like a quarter inch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the solar panels. Yeah, yeah. You can tell I'm good at math, right? Yeah. 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 Technology. Yeah. Take out the shop here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I will be fired in an hour, yeah. but let's put it that way. Yeah. Find something for you. Yeah. Sweep, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, yeah, I was going to ask what the future is, but I guess that is part of the future. Well, some of your products, it jumps around, and yeah. it's so uh, – you do ACM for a while, which, and then you do brick, and then you do an EFAS panel, and it seems to ebb and flow around. Now, when the big high-rise burned up in London, that was an ACM product that really set that market back a little bit, more of the fire ratings to the outside skins of the plastic kind of like right. exterior coatings. So more of a focus on the fire ratings, which we've always been big on – exterior combustibility and smoke developed they have on the outside of the building but you see brick you see thin brick you see insulations on the outside as long as it's encapsulated there's a lot of the insulation value is what's going to drive most of these retrofits over buildings or the new stuff have to have new energy codes that are out to meet which are pretty stringent you get more our value on the roof and on the wall so there's less energy used so, yeah. and better windows better glass nice. so the whole thing just fascinates me. It I have does. to admit, like, because like, for so long working in the industry for about twenty-five years, you see, you know, it's the same. You go to a job site. There's dirt. There's mud. There's all sorts of different stuff, and then you come here, and it's like the same stuff that's yeah. going on in a job site, but it's, yeah. it's relatively clean. It's pretty straightforward. A controlled environment. Controlled. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like again, I keep scratching my head. Why are more people doing that? Yeah. Well, you'll see when, it, like, say, you guys put some pictures out here for for people to look at. There's 50,000 square foot of exterior wall that we're laying out there. So there's, it, that's on an exterior building, it's a 12-story building, and 50,000 square foot what? of your exterior wall will be made out here and put on trucks and hung on your building. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Yeah. Right from the metal studs out, all your finishes. So that's mm -hmm. a, and, and if you did that on the site, you'd have to build scaffolding, you'd have yeah. framing up there, yeah. you'd have sheeting, you'd have stuff blown all the way. Right workers too. And then on site, your, the duration would drag out forever yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. it's wild. It's pretty wild. So, yeah. 
Steve, I want to thank you for joining us today. This has been fantastic. Great chance to talk with you. And thank you for the tour and for the opportunity to meet. You are welcome. Come back and see us anytime. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Right. Thanks. Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.